This is the Hasidic Story Project with Barack Holman, podcasting from Jerusalem, Israel. This podcast is sponsored by listeners just like you. To become a supporter of this podcast, please go to HasidicStory.com. H-A-S-I-D-I-C Story.com. You'll never know. You'll never know. You'll never know. You'll Holy Baal Shem Tov, once called one of his Hasidim, whose name was Reb Nisan, and he gave him a closed envelope, and he told him to go to the castle of a famous local poritz, a landowner whose name was Count Radzville. He said, I want you to go with this envelope, and Bezat Hashem, with Hashem's help, you're going to help the Count's best friend, Pierre-Louis, to return to his Jewish roots. And Reb Nisan, of course, he knew who the Count was. And he knew who his friend Pierre-Louis was, and he knew that neither of them were Jewish. So what does that mean to bring his friend back to his Jewish roots if he's not Jewish? But being a chassid of the Baal Shem Tov, he knew not to ask any questions. The Baal Shem Tov had his reasons, and he knew things that a simple chassid like him didn't. So Reb Nisan took the envelope and headed over to the palace of Count Rodsville. Now, Count Ronsville was a wealthy Russian landowner, and having so much money, he spent most of his time traveling around with his good friend, a French nobleman named Pierre-Louis. The two of them went to parties and casinos. They gambled, and they ate, and they hung out and drank wine and just kind of wasted time doing really nothing. But one of the things they loved to do together was to hunt. And today, after many months of traveling all around Europe, they were coming back to the Count's palace. There was a big party being put on, and as opposed to much of the nobility in those days, Count Radsville was actually a very nice person, and he was nice to the people who lived on his lands, including the Jews. And so he welcomed everyone to come to his palace to celebrate with him after coming back after many months of traveling. And Reb Nisan arrived just as the Count and his French friend, Pierre-Louis, were coming out of the carriage. And the crowd cheered. And Reb Nisan looks at Pierre-Louis in the face and tries to see if there's anything Jewish about him. Doesn't look Jewish at all. He's thinking to himself, what am I supposed to do that's going to bring this non-Jewish guy back to his Jewish roots? And so the two noblemen entered the palace. And the crowd dispersed, but Reb Nisan, he hung around the rest of the day, because obviously he was there on a mission from the Holy Baal Shem Tov, and he was just waiting to see how things were going to unfold. He spent the rest of the day in the courtyard, and then at night, he went to the local shul and slept there, since there was no way of him getting into the palace, and there was no way for him to speak with Pierre-Louis, and even if he did, why would he listen to a chassid? So he spent the night in the shul, and the next morning after davening, he goes and hangs out around the palace, hoping that something would happen. And as he's approaching, he realizes that something's wrong. There's a large crowd there, and usually it was very quiet there. And the crowd was very hushed. And he noticed that there was a minion of Jews reciting to Hillim, reading psalms. And some people were even crying. It's so Reb Nisan, he says to the people, what's going on here? And they said, last night, when the Count and his friend Pierre-Louis came back home, the Count said to his friend, You know, I'm sure there's lots of animals in the forest near us. Don't you want to go hunting? 
Pierre-Louis said, you know, it's a little dangerous to go hunting at night. Can't really see what you're doing. And we're tired from traveling for so many months. But the Count really wanted to hunt. It was so much fun for him. So they went out. And of course, they didn't go by themselves. They went with servants who loaded the guns for them and found the animals and would point, over there is a deer. And the Count would shoot. And they killed the deer. The servants would pick it up and take it back, cook it and serve it. And as they're walking back with all of the animals that they had killed during their hunting, a tragic accident happened. As the Count was walking up the steps of his palace, by mistake, his gun discharged and shot him by mistake in the chest. Now, bullets in those days weren't as strong as they are today, and it left him with a very serious wound, but it didn't kill him. And he was bleeding from his chest. Chas shalom, God forbid. Immediately, his friend Pierre-Louis moved him into the palace and sent tens of carriages to the nearby cities to bring all of the best doctors and professors to help the Count, saying, spare no expense. We'll pay for anyone, whatever they can do. And all night long, the carriages were leaving the palace and coming back, bringing different doctors and different experts. But no matter how hard they tried, they couldn't stop the bleeding. And slowly the Count was leaving this world. The whole time Reb Nisan is out in the courtyard watching this. Doctors coming, doctors going. News was coming out of the palace. It's not looking good. And then Reb Nisan remembered the envelope that the Rebbe had given him. He didn't say what to do with it. And so he opens up the envelope. And there's a letter inside. And even Reb Nisan, who was used to miracles from the Rebbe, was amazed to see what was in the letter. It was a prescription with exact directions on how to stop the bleeding from a gunshot wound to the chest. And it included a little bag of powder that the Baal Shem Tov had prepared. And it said, mix this powder into a paste and put it on the wound. And the wound will slowly stop bleeding and put it again and again and again until the bleeding stops completely. So Reb Nisan realizes he has a miracle cure from the Heidegger Baal Shem Tov. He can cure the count. And so he runs to the front gate and he says, let me in. I have a cure. And the guards look at this chassid and say, get out of here, Jew. We're only interested in the doctors and the professionals. You're not one of them. And he says, no, I insist. I have a letter from the Baal Shem Tov. I have a cure. But they didn't know who the Baal Shem Tov was. And they started getting annoyed with him. But Pierre-Louis, he heard Reb Nisan trying to get in from one of the upper rooms in the palace. And he came running down to the gate a bit upset and frustrated. And he says to Reb Nisan, What do you want here, Jew? Don't tell me you're a doctor, because for sure you're not a doctor. Now quit annoying the guards and get out of here. We have a serious matter. The Count is dying, God forbid. And Reb Nisan was holding the envelope with the letter and the little satchel of powder. And Pierre-Louis says, What is that? What are you holding? And Reb Nisan says, Listen, I am a chassid. I am a student, a follower of a great tzaddik, a very special righteous man. And he sent me here two days ago with this envelope. It is the cure for the count. He wrote here exactly what to do and how to cure a gunshot wound to the chest. And he wrote it two days ago before you even knew that you were going for a hunt. And so Pierre-Louis grabs the envelope and the prescription and he looks at it and he says, what does it say here? It's written in Yiddish. I don't understand what it says. So Reb Nisan explains what's written in the letter. And the French nobleman, he says, that's your cure? A powder from some crazy rabbi? This is a bunch of nonsense. 
He's about to rip up the letter into pieces and throw the powder at Reb Nisan. But at that moment, one of the doctors comes walking out of the castle. He looks downtrodden. It looks like he's given up hope. And Pierre-Louis calls over to the doctor and says, come over here. This Jew here says he has a cure. This little bag of powder. He says it comes from a miracle worker rabbi. And the doctor said, listen, I don't believe in miracles and I don't believe in miracle workers or rabbis. But I can tell you that every doctor around, every professor, every everyone has come and tried to stop the bleeding and no one can stop it. And if it doesn't stop soon, our friend the Count is not coming back. So the French nobleman grabs Reb Nissan. He says, come with me, Jew. But if this doesn't work, you're in a lot of trouble. And Reb Nissan is nervous for a second, but then he realizes what he's holding in his hand. A letter from the Baal Shem Tov. He has nothing to worry about at all. And he confidently goes into the room of the Count. He's really not looking good. He says, give me a bowl and a spoon. And he mixes the powder with some water. He takes it and puts it on the wound. The Count is in such bad shape, he doesn't even respond. He's passed out. But a little bit of the bleeding starts to stop. A couple minutes later, he takes some more of the paste, puts it on the wound, exactly like the Baal Shem Tov said, and again, stops bleeding even more. And each time he puts it, there's less bleeding, until after an hour, the bleeding stopped entirely. The color returned to the Count's cheeks. And 15 minutes later, he opened his eyes. Now, there were all kinds of doctors and professors that were standing around the Count, watching this chassid put some white powder that he turned into a paste on a wound that they were sure could not be stopped, and they'd never seen anything like it in their entire lives. And after a few hours, the Count was strong enough to actually sit up and call Reb Nisan over to him next to his bed. And he said to him, My dear friend, I don't know who you are, and I don't know who your rabbi is, but the two of you saved my life, and I owe you everything. Look around. Anything you want, it's yours. Land, money, power, anything I can grant you, I'll give you. Now, Reb Nisan was not there to get money, land, or power. He was there on a mission from his Rebbe, the Baal Shem Tov. And so he says to the Count, My only request of you, sir, is that you continue treating the Jews kindly. But unrelated to you, I would like to please speak with your friend, Pierre-Louis. And Pierre-Louis was standing there the whole time, amazed at what he saw with his own eyes. And so, he goes with Reb Nisan to a side room, and they close the door. As they're sitting across from one another, Reb Nisan is still doubting that there's any connection to this French nobleman and the Jewish religion. He's looking him in the eyes, and he doesn't see anything. Pierre-Louis says, please, my friend, what did you want to say to me? So Reb Nisan says, your honor, sir, I am a chassid, I'm a follower, the great rabbi, a miracle worker. His name is Yisrael Baal Shem. And he's the one that wrote the prescription. And he's the one that made that powder and told me what to do in order to save your friend, the Count. And Pierre-Louis says, okay, what does that have to do with me? Reb Nisan said, your honor, I really wasn't here in order to save your friend. I'm here to bring you back to your Jewish roots. And Pierre-Louis looks at Reb Nisan and he says, my Jewish roots? But I'm not a Jew. I know that you can't read Yiddish, Reb Nisan says. But here, there's a small note in this envelope from the Baal Shem Tov, and it's said to open it only after the count has been healed. And it says, and this is the Rebbe, my Rebbe telling you, it says that your name is not Pierre-Louis, your name is Pesach Tzvi. And the Baal Shem Tov says that both of your parents were Jewish, and your mother wanted you to have a Jewish education, but your father opposed it, 
and you were sent to the finest French schools, and your father made sure you never knew that you were a Jew. But now my Rebbe sent me here to bring you back to your Jewish roots. Pierre-Louis, your name is Pesach Svi, and you were a Jew. And Pierre-Louis says, return? What are you talking about, return? How do I even know that your rabbi is telling the truth? And Reb Nisan said, the only way that you can know, my friend, is if you come back with me and meet him yourself. And Pierre-Louis tells his friend, the Count, I'm happy you're doing better. And just like this Jew saved your life, he says that his rabbi wants to save mine. And so I'm going to meet his rabbi, the Baal Shem Tov, and the whole way to Mejibuz. Pierre-Louis is saying, you're saying that I'm a Jew? I'm a Jew? It's impossible. There's nothing Jewish about me. But once they reached the Baal Shem Tov, and Pierre-Louis looked into his holy eyes, he turned to Reb Nisan, and he said, thank you. And that was it. Reb Nisan didn't see Pierre-Louis after that for many years. And then one day, there's a knock on the door in Reb Nisan's house. And he opens it, and he sees a Jew with a big beard, kippah and tzitziot, long pears, and he has a French accent. And he says to Reb Nisan, do you recognize me, my friend? And Reb Nisan says, are you Pierre-Louis? And he said, I used to be, but thanks to our Rebbe, I learned what it is to be a Jew. And now I go by the name Pesach Svi. And it's all thanks to you having faith in your Rebbe. Halavai, if only one day I should be on the level that you were at. To have the chutzpah, to have the nerve, to come to the palace of the Count with a letter in Yiddish and a little sack of powder. That is the true faith of a chassid. And thanks to your faith, I have merited to return to the God of my fathers. My good Shabbos, good Shabbos, good Shabbos. have one more story for you. One of the listeners on the podcast on YouTube asked me to tell some more stories about the Chafetz Chaim and some of the other tzaddikim. So here's one of my favorite stories of the Chafetz Chaim. One day, the Chafetz Chaim was heading back home after traveling, and he was on the train going back to Rodin, where of course he lived and he was the tzaddik. And sitting in the train in the same car as the Chafetz Chaim was a simple Jew. And the simple Jew says the Chafetz Chaim... Shalom Aleichem. The Chafetz Chaim says, Aleichem Shalom. The Chafetz Chaim says to him, So where are you going, my friend? He said, I'm going to Radin to meet the great tzaddik, the great rabbi, the Chafetz Chaim. And the Chafetz Chaim says to the simple Jew, You know, I've been living in Radin my whole life. And I know the rabbi, the Chafetz Chaim. But to say that he's a great tzaddik and a great rabbi, I'm not so sure about that. And this simple Jew, of course, not knowing that he was talking to the Chafetz Chaim himself, he says, how can you say such a thing about such a great tzaddik? And the Chafetz Chaim says, well, I happen to know him very, very well. Really, his whole life. Can you really say that he's a tzaddik? I mean, a tzaddik is a fully righteous person. A person who doesn't transgress. A person who's conquered is Yetzirah. Do you really think the Chafetz Chaim has done that? And this Jew takes offense for the Chafetz Chaim. 
and slaps the Chafetz Chaim on the face. And the Chafetz Chaim took it pretty well. And the simple Jew says, Next time you'll think twice before you insult a great tzaddik like the Chafetz Chaim. And the Chafetz Chaim was silent after that. We get to Radin. The Chafetz Chaim goes home. This Jew goes off to his hostel for the night. And the next day he has his appointment with the Chafetz Chaim. He comes in. And when he sees that the Chafetz Chaim was the Jew that was sitting in the car in the train with him, and that that's the person that he slapped in the face, he passes out on the spot. And when he comes to, he's sitting across from the Chafetz Chaim, who says to him, there's nothing to be embarrassed about, my sweetest friend. You know, I wrote a book about not speaking Lashon not speaking slander or false about another person. And I know that that goes for everybody else. But you taught me to also not speak Lashon about myself. And for that, it was worth sitting in the car and the train with you, and certainly worth the slap on the cheek. So thank you, my friend, for teaching me such an important lesson. You know, my sweetest friends, we're coming into Tishrei. Of course, that's what Elul is about, the preparation for Tishrei, for Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, Sukkot, Shmini Atzeret. These are very big, important days, and we need to take advantage of them, and we need to prepare for them. And so, not only don't speak slander about yourself, but when you're talking with Hashem and working on doing tshuva, be honest. Say words of truth, because words of truth will shine Hashem's light upon you and show you the exits on how to get out of your darkness. Just speak the words of truth wherever you are on whatever spiritual level you're at, and Hashem will make His light and His salvation for you. In Bezat Hashem, your working on yourself will inspire others to do the same and we'll come into Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur this year, ready more than ever to be our highest, truest selves. Thank you so much for listening, my sweetest friends. I want to thank all the supporters of the podcast, and especially the very sweet people who have bought me several cups of coffee. I really appreciate it. And I also appreciate the very sweet message that dear Rosie sent in to me. Thank you to one of my loyal listeners. And to all of you, this very special community we have of podcast listeners and storytellers and Hasidim. May Hashem bless you all with the sweetest year and only revealed good. And until next week, my sweetest friends.
לחיים!